Hi everyone and welcome back to the HSC Network podcast. This week we are joined by Andrew Barrett-Clough, eDriving's VP Partnerships Director for the UK, Middle East, Europe and Africa. With Andy we cover some interesting topics including how to manage driver risk across different cultures and countries and also the role that telematics plays in driver risk management. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Andy. Uh, can you start by giving us an insight into some of the key challenges that insurers face when it comes to user-based insurance? Sure. So I think one of the key things that they that they look at is how do you actually understand what the client is doing um, and better understand what they're doing on a consistent basis. So really user-based insurance as a concept is insurance that takes into account the behavior of the user now it can it can be across multiple different lines of business and in our world in motor it's to do with to do with driving behaviors um but how they actually use the data how they get access to the data and how they then utilize that to interpret and make decisions on the basis of is a real you know is a real challenge um i guess one other aspect of it is that user-based insurance and pricing are something that constantly come together. So people expect that if I do something better, that is a reduction of my risk, then I'm more likely to get a cheaper price. That's not always the case because insurers obviously have multiple different factors that they have to consider. One thing that we're seeing at the moment is a constantly increasing uh, level of vehicle repair costs. So I had a conversation with a client yesterday about uh, the fact that apparently the Ford Fiesta now has infinitely more sensors in the bumper than it used to have. And so the replacement of a front bumper from a minor collision costs £400 more than it used to. So just because the driver is driving more safely doesn't necessarily mean that the premium can automatically go down. So I think what the insurer needs is a consistent and reliable level of data um, to really be able to make decisions that can can help to reduce risk and potentially help to reduce price. 100%. And yeah, it's interesting you point the rate, the, the point that you raised there about the technological aspects of cars and how that can impact on the insurance. It's probably an area that a lot of people don't consider even when they're just working out insurance for personal use. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, people also have a challenge when it comes to you know, the big brother challenge, you know, am I being tracked by my insurer? The insurance industry has has challenges when it comes to trust and that sort of stuff. And I think that's where the e-driving proposition, we really try to make sure that those fears are are reduced. So for example, we don't share location data with from any user with an insurer or or with anybody else uh, so that the the individual who's driving, be it on a personal or business basis is, is not able to share their data with anybody, uh, which helps a lot from a from a privacy perspective, um, and also I guess people are concerned about the idea of okay, so if I had a, a bad day's driving, does that mean my premium's going to go up? And again, that's a real a real difficult one to get right because obviously we're all out there trying to improve safety, trying to improve road safety, both e driving and and the insurers, um, but it's it's hard to get that balance right because you don't want to punish a customer for having a stressful day at work and, and driving a bit too quickly, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, so we're talking mainly on the commercial side of insurance today. Um, what are the key elements, Andy, that you feel make an effective road risk management strategy? 
So for me, at a high level, prevention is the first thing. Then a leadership culture that is focused on, on road risk prevention and then positive engagement and coaching. So I'll, I'll touch on those three areas in, in turn. So prevention, you know, that is what risk management is there to do. Um, but one thing that I wanted to highlight in particular is, is actually something that we've recently launched around the use of emergency response in risk prevention. So a lot of the work that we do is there to reduce risk on a consistent basis through driver behavior, which we'll, which we'll touch on later, but also through our recent partnership with Safara and Bosch, we've put crash detection and automated emergency response within our mentor app. Now, what does that mean? It means that there's an opportunity for the driver to receive an automated phone call in the event of a collision, and they can either answer that phone call and request the relevant emergency services, or if they are unable to answer it because they're incapacitated or otherwise, then automatically emergency services will be sent. Now, when I say prevention, that might sound like quite a quite a large sort of definition, but it's not just preventing the crash from happening, it's preventing the severity of that crash from increasing. So lots of our customers that drive for business will perhaps be in um, remote areas if they have an accident and they're on their own, there's nobody else there to call emergency services. By having this extra feature in there, it enables the driver to have that extra level of, of safety prevention. It almost sounds like a feature that would be useful in personal use as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's something that we're that we're keen to, to launch in that space as well. I think, you know, again, one of the key elements of our of our personal lines proposition is is around friends and family, young drivers. I'm sure there's plenty of, of parents out there whose whose children have recently started driving who would have that bit of extra peace of mind if they knew that something on their phone would enable um, you know emergency services to be called in the event that the that the worst happens and a, and a major collision is occurs. You know, hundred um, percent. Just looking at sustainability, um, we're all trying to make the world a better place. Um, in and one of the major ways that we can do that is how we spend the majority of our times at work, our workplaces, our, our businesses, our companies. Um, mm. How does sustainability play a role in insurance road risk management? So for me, I feel like sustainability and road risk management in a lot of companies' minds are separate issues. And that's where we've got to try and make that change. So the way we see it is that safe, defensive driving is sustainable driving. The, the two are... are uh, fundamentally linked. Uh, so, for example, the harsh, the harsh driving behaviours that we, that we, tr- that we work on through our through our app, you know, such as acceleration, braking, cornering, and speeding, have negative effects on fuel consumption. So that's the obvious thing. So within within our mentor app, the eco drive function will show the reduced fuel consumption by improving improving your driving, but it also steps out from there. So those behaviours also increase wear and tear on a vehicle and increase the likelihood of a collision, which again requires repair and that whole vehicle life cycle management piece, which again all has an impact environmentally, which through driving more safely can, can have an improvement. And, and as I said, that effective road risk management strategy needs to have all of these positive impacts in mind because we really want to work on it in terms of positivity and engagement rather than 
punishment and higher insurance premiums if you're if you're making claims or having collisions. Yeah, we, we mentioned previously um, about the risk of coming across as big brother in our approach, um, mm. and I think from my discussions, I mean, I use a telematics box, but from my discussions with some people talking about telematics, they they do feel almost like it's somewhat of an invasion of privacy. Um, how do we? I guess, kind of dispel that myth and really get across the benefits of te- telematics um, and also particularly in the risk management in the driver space? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, I think the, the location piece is, is one, one aspect. So by saying this application is on your phone, but you are not sharing your location data. We also have a feature where a trip that is for personal use can be taken out of your overall risk score. So again, simple press of a button. This was not a, a, a you know commercial trip, so so should not be should not be considered. Um, and I think otherwise, it's again about the positive engagement piece. So with our circles feature within the app, so it's a bit like a league table. I was chatting to a broker yesterday and 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 mentioned it in in thought of fantasy football. So you've got your, you know, your teams there and 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 the points that you're getting are are related to your to your safer driving. And then a rewards proposition that can be tailored towards that. So we've got a large client who does um, monthly pizzas, um, you know, delivery for the team that is that is driving the most safely, and therefore, you know, the drivers are actually beginning to encourage each other to drive more safely. So I think, really, particularly when it comes to the commercial proposition, it's about that separation in saying this is a way of making you safer at work. You know, our overall mission statement getting drivers home safely at the end of each working day. That's the main aim. We're not here to, to, to track you or to, to invade your privacy or know where you're going when you're going there. That's not what this is about. So again, I really think it's that positive messaging. In terms of running a multinational fleet, um, I think I remember, I mean, don't quote me on this, but it was an e-driving uh, webinar I watched previously where I think Nick List mentioned that there was a car make in another country and there was some challenges around using it within a fleet because it didn't it passed the safety regulations in that country but not necessarily in the uk um and that led to some issues in terms of crashes and all sorts um that's just one example of the challenge of running a multinational fleet what are some of the other examples yeah so i mean i think one of the key things is obviously scale and trying to get consistency um I had, uh, and and then secondly, uh, you know, the market conditions. You know, I had a I had a, a really interesting presentation at a conference last week, um, where I was presenting to some brokers and insurers from Africa, from different different parts of Africa. And when I talked about safer driving, there were almost some sort of smiles and chuckles around the room of like, you know, nobody drives safely in our market, and and that's okay. And I think it's it's really about dispelling that and saying, well, you know, okay, so other people may drive in an unsafe way, but if somebody is driving for your business or your client's business, then working on the way that they that they drive and trying to improve it is, is you know, something that should be a priority. I guess one other thing, which again may sound obvious, but is is something that a lot of people come up against is, is languages. You know, um, how do you launch a, a fleet risk management proposition in, in multiple languages? So, that's something I recently joined a business that I was so impressed by that we're currently in 125 countries with 45 plus languages, which 
is so important to again do that engagement piece and get the driver using it because if it's english or english then you know it's not a multinational proposition so i think being able to to use it in the language that your phone is set to you know again conversation with a broker yesterday we have a number of drivers working in the uk and our clients who are not english first language speakers which you know is a, is a real challenge in in terms of making that communication piece work but if the proposition is in their local language then everybody can feel like they're really a part of it 100 and looking at the risk management proposition how can we make it work for all types of vehicles and also get it to a position where it can scale quickly yes i think with this piece this is where again i've been impressed since i came into the business is the ease of implementation of our proposition so the fact that the, the heart of our proposition is the mentor app on the phone means that there's not that expensive um, installation and purchase cost of, of devices. Obviously, telematics and, and the black boxes have, have been around for some time. And everybody knows that there's that, you know, it, when is the return on investment going to come from this initial outlay that I need to put in to whatever savings I might make in, in time? So I think being able to scale it in that sense with such a simple device is really key and again when it comes to vehicles it's really our proposition focuses on the behavior of the driver so the proposition works across vehicle types the phone as long as it's in the vehicle the sensors the gps the um, accelerometer works across the board you know one example we've we've had a lot of success with a with a large pharma client in india on our two-wheeler proposition so as you can imagine, in some of the Asian markets, two-wheeler delivery is, is huge. It's, it's, a, it's a big, big market. And so using that and doing it in a safer way, again, can really decrease, in this instance, bodily injury claims, because obviously the driver is a lot less protected on a two-wheeler than they are in a, in a larger vehicle. So I think to, to answer the question clearly, it's about really focusing on the culture piece focusing on the driver behavior and using a simply uh, put in device such as a phone that people have already got that enables you to, to, to scale in a meaningful way. Yeah, Summarised brilliantly, Andy. Um, where can people go to learn more about the topics we've touched on today? Yeah, so, I mean, there are an enormous amount of resources on the eDriving website. Uh, we've got videos, eBooks, et cetera, that are on there. I'm always available to have a conversation with a with a client be it uh, direct or, or insurance focused and and i think you know for us it's really a, a, almost a new dawn we've got a bunch of a bunch of new products out there right now that have been launched first of september and we're we're excited to get them out in front of clients cool brilliant thank you very much andy my pleasure is a real, you know, is a real challenge. Um, I guess one other aspect of it is that user-based insurance and pricing